Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. The text for our Gospel Proclamation comes from the Gospel of St. John in the 10th chapter and serves as the basis of our theme for the fourth Sunday of Easter. Just how dedicated are we? It was a difficult week here at Faith, if you did not hear the news. One of our students in sixth grade lost his life in a tragic accident, and nobody that knew him will ever be the same. The counselors rolled in. The classes were changed to accommodate the grieving, and many wept out loud. It's something that should never happen to a parent, but it did. So how do we deal with that as a community dedicated to helping those who are hurting? Today, our gospel gives us a clue that takes us back to the Psalms, and a psalm that does not seem to relate as much to the majesty of the temple, but as to the grief we all share at the loss of loved ones. In our gospel today, Jesus walks through the temple. The temple that almost two centuries before were rededicated after invading Greek armies desecrated it when they used it to worship pagan gods. In order to rededicate the temple, they celebrated the Feast of Lights, or Hanukkah, as we know it today. The reason Jesus was there in our gospel lesson for today. What is really interesting is the psalm they used to rededicate the temple. And that was the psalm we used for our psalm of the day and our intro to the day, Psalm 30. Now, this psalm may not feel like the appropriate psalm or intro for an Easter reading, but it is a perfect psalm for this gospel reading. This was likely the very psalm that our Savior Jesus chanted with his brothers in the Hanukkah worship they observed together. This psalm was used in worship inspired by the Holy Spirit to comfort God's people in times of tragedy. This psalm was also used for another dedication, seven centuries before the Festival of Lights rededication that Jesus celebrated with his disciples. That dedication was related to the time when King David took a census of all men capable of fighting, indicating a reliance on human power over God's strength. As a consequence, for this rebellion, a plague came on Israel and 70,000 men died. In repentance, David bought land, built an altar, and offered a sacrifice to the Lord. This psalm was likely written to dedicate this land, the place where God's temple would later be built. And this very spot is where Jesus confronts the Jews today with the knowledge that after nine straight centuries, they have forgotten the purpose of David's dedication. Now, don't get me wrong. The Jews were dedicated. Dedicated to getting it right and sometimes overconfident in their self-righteousness dedicated to their heritage and lineage, consoling themselves with the hope that if they didn't get it right, 
At least they were born right. And dedicated to nuanced approaches to theology. After all, the malleability of God's law can make any man or woman righteous in their own eyes. Unfortunately, these wayward sheep missed their shepherd who came to call, gather, and forgive them from wandering from the grace God gave them to live under. And a simple rereading of Psalm 30 would have reminded them quickly just how far they had gone. I think on such things frequently these days. How dedicated am I? How far have I wandered? Am I missing the gentle tug of my eternal shepherd's crook when I needed a little gathering yet? So many times I have approached my life with a commitment to getting it right and having a little too much faith that life lived well is life in and of itself. My whole life I've given thanks to God for being born a Lutheran and not one of those other shifty denominations that just don't have the same quality German stock that we do. And I am growing increasingly terrified with my selective interpretation of God's word rather than focusing on the parts I know I don't really follow very well at all. When I realize how easy it is to fall away in just a few short years, I feel compassion for God's people who took almost a thousand years to really have the same attitude that even I sometimes do today. Sometimes, it takes death to wake you up to that reality and get you truly dedicated to what matters the most. For King David, it was the horrifying death of 70,000 of his hand-picked soldiers. For many of the Jews in the gospel today, it would be the death as well. The death of the very man talking to them and then rising from the dead to talk, eat, touch, and commission them to lives and service to him. Scripture says that not even a sparrow falls to the ground without our eternal Father's notice. Oh, our Heavenly Father noticed much more than a sparrow this week. He noticed one of his beloved boys and his family surrounding him with love all the way to the end. And no one amongst them was interested in how perfect a boy he was or how perfect a family they were. None of them were concerned that his racial credentials were met with the medical care fitting his racial superiority. And nobody, I mean nobody was concerned with eloquent certified psychological care of the highest order fitting with the emotional needs of the moment. Rather, they were looking for that which gave them hope when everything else they trusted in life failed them. They were looking for a miracle of healing because the world proved it was not as safe as we all thought it was for little boys just a few days ago. They were looking for comfort together because life brought them the most painful experience of all. They were looking for hope. Because the death of a child is indeed a hopeless experience to see so much potential cut off before he could finish living. Well, Jesus stood before them in the prayers of their pastors and gave everyone the power to forgive a brutally 
imperfect situation. Jesus came alongside them with the arms of their loved ones, comforted them as true children of the Heavenly Father, his own brothers and sisters in Christ. And Jesus, with his Holy Spirit, spoke simple words that simply told the truth. I am the way, the life, and the truth. Your little boy comes to me by me and with me. I have redeemed him with the price of my living blood. He's always been and always will be mine. Rest assured, he rests in my peace. If ever there was undeniable dedication, it was never on our part. It was always on his part for our sake and his glory. This is the truth. Why do we have the temple? Why do we have our sanctuary? Why do we have our little boys? Because Jesus gave them all to us. If we have a wonderful temple, it's not a credit to us. It's to worship him. If we have all the material goods in the world, it's not to live to ourselves. It's to use them to help everyone see the way to our Lord. If we have the right birthright, it's not to be sinfully prideful in. It's to use all the advantage of it to give the gospel of salvation in Christ alone to all nations. And if we have nothing more than little boys and little girls, it's to train them in the way of Christ so they may follow it all the days of their life. As one of the family members made it so clear and reminded me once again, the Lord only takes us when he wants us. And he wanted that little boy. We should all be so lucky to be that little boy. For he walks in an eternal temple and the colonnade of Christ making. He holds his Savior's hand every day, waiting until we get there. He knows the truth because he went there by faith. And by grace, we all too will join him one day. Are we dedicated enough? No. But our dedication to Jesus never mattered to begin with. Only his dedication to us did. Amen. And now may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus always. Amen. <laughs>